Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Welcome to another great Wednesday night, United. We are so excited about the things of God and where God is taking us uh, in our personal lives and our ministry. And uh, we want to get into some wonderful things from the Word of God. So glad that everybody made it tonight. You made the effort to come to a church on a Wednesday night. And so you're going to receive from the Lord and you're going to receive what you came uh, to get in the name of Jesus. And uh, we want to continue with this that we have been on, Let Us Draw Near. And uh, this is part 15. We kind of went away from it on Sunday just for a a lesson, but we'll probably continue this on Wednesday evenings until I feel like we've uh, reached that place where we can move away from it. Uh, Hebrews 10.22 has been our foundation scripture. And, of course, the very first part of that verse says, let us draw near. And the focus on let us draw near, I know that we've been dealing with the soul and renewing the mind and saving the soul, but the focus there is that in order to draw near, there are things that I have to do that keep me from having this relationship with God that's not as close as it could be, all right? keeps me at an arm's length relationship with the Father and with His Word. Uh, So the word, the phrase, draw near, it means to be near, to worship, or to draw near. Now here's what I've learned, that if my mind is not renewed, if my uh, soul is not renewed, then I'm going to have an issue with some of these things. Uh, You cannot enter into real spiritual worship without renewing your mind, all right? Because there has to be an understanding of why I'm doing this. There has to be an understanding of of the purpose, the reason, all right? So if I begin to renew my mind, I can begin to understand why certain things are necessary in my life. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it is familiar because we've, we've, we've been looking at this for the last few weeks, but it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So the first thing he says is, I beseech you, I beg you, I entreat you, I implore you to do something. To present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, the word is rational, all right, and rational meaning that it's something you have to think about, all right, it's not something that I can do 
without thinking about it. He says, I have to do something with my body and I have to do something with my mind. And he says, it's not something I can do without thinking about it. In other words, it is a volitional act. I have to think about it. I have to on purpose do something with my body and my mind. For my thinking to change, I have to change it. All right, I have to allow myself, allow my mind to be renewed and change that way of thinking. All right, because, because I, I, I'm going to recap just briefly. My body does not have, and hear, hear me when I say this, a mind of its own. I have a mind, but it is separate from my body. My, my mind is not influenced by my body. My body is influenced by my mind. See, this has been the core that a lot of people have missed. They'll talk about the flesh, and when they talk about the flesh, it seems they're referencing this body, this carrying case. But listen, if I don't think wrong, my body cannot act wrong. If I don't think, for lack of a better example, if I don't think fleshly, sinful thoughts, I cannot act in fleshly, sinful ways. Your body has never eaten too much chocolate cake. But people will say, well, that's, that's just my flesh. My flesh is just out of control. Now, wait a minute. Where did that out of control start? Where is your willpower? In your body or in your mind? In your mind. And, and when you're bringing your mind under the control, first of all, of the new creature and then the Word of God, something begins to increase. Your willpower increases because now it is spiritually supplied. It's spiritually supplied. So my point in saying all this is, yes, I have to do something with my body. I have to present it a living sacrifice. But then the key is given and be renewed. All right? Renew your mind. Because if the mind isn't renewed, the flesh will have the ascendancy in, in this meaning this way. I will keep thinking thoughts like an unborn again person. And I will keep acting like an unborn again person. This is important. Because this is a volitional act. He says, stop. The Greek says, stop being conformed. Stop it. In other words, that's what Paul is saying. Stop it. Stop it right now. Stop being conformed and start being transformed. How, Paul? By the renewing of your mind. Preposition by, which denotes the channel or the means that something occurs. All right? If, if you are there in DeSoto... 
and you want to go to Olathe, there are a couple different ways you can go. Matter of fact, there's three ways you can go. Some of them are roundabout. But the, the quickest way is you get on K-10, right? You go up to K-7, you get off on 7, turns into Parker, takes you right into Olathe. So we wouldn't say it this way necessarily, but if someone says, what's the best way, the easiest way to Olathe from here in DeSoto? Uh, by means of K-7 or K-10 to K-7. That's the channel. Well, there are other ways that take longer. You can take uh, 83rd Street that turns into 87th Street, all right, and take it to K-7. And that'll get you to Olathe. Or you can go across K-7 and go all the way down to Renner and go right, and it'll get you to Olathe. Right? Or Lackman or whatever road. You, you all know the area. The point that I'm making is all of those roads will get you there, but there is a more direct route, which is K-10 to K-7. That'll get you there the quickest. Amen. Paul says you need to renew your mind. How do I do that? He said you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're, 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 we're told here that to stop being conformed and start being transformed, there has to be this presenting of my body and the renewing of my mind. And so then the question is, how do I do that? James chapter 1. And we'll spend the rest of our time here in James. We'll probably reference some other verses, but this is so important. James chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, moral dirtiness and abundance of wickedness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So there's three things that we're told to do. And because we're told to do them, we can do them. All right? He says, lay apart all filthiness, which is moral dirtiness, and superfluity of naughtiness, abundance of wickedness, and be, be and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. So when Paul says, be renewed in your mind, renew your mind, don't be conformed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, here is the key. Once I receive the engrafted or the implanted word of God, the process of mind renewal begins. All right? I can just tell you all the routes to get you to Olathe because I've traveled those roads for close to 30 years. You could drop me anywhere in the Kansas City metro area and I know how to get back to where I need to go. Because I've been doing that, my mind is renewed. Now, I moved there from Nashville, Tennessee. And when I first showed up in the KC Metro, I didn't know where to go or what to do. 
right? What, what did I start learning? I started learning how to get back into the work. I started learning how to get back into the grocery store. I started learning how to get back into from church. Amen. Are you following me? And what began to happen? Things, things begin to change in my mind. Because I was receiving new information. And I was renewing my mind to that information. Have you ever went a, a certain route and you're talking to somebody that maybe knows the city better than you and they say, hey, let me help you. If you take this route, it's 10 minutes faster. Well, who doesn't want to save 10 minutes? Right? Well, what happened? That route was always there. You renewed your mind to it. You renewed your mind to it. Uh, where where, where we, we live there in, uh, uh, our house is there in Maumelle, Arkansas. Uh, you can get out in the morning and take Maumelle Boulevard down to the highway, down to 430. It will take you 30 minutes to get from my house to the highway on most days on Maumelle Boulevard. I found another route. It didn't make sense in the first, in, 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 in when I first heard about it. But it gets me to school, to Lily's school, in some days, 20 minutes. You come to the first light and you turn left. And, and you end up getting on 40. Not 430, 40. And, but when you get on 40, you can drive 75 miles an hour. And then you only got a little slowdown right there when you're getting on 430. And, and from there on, it's up to Rodney Parham, right? Down to where you got to turn right, Green Mountain, her school, boom, you're there. Well, here, here's my point. When somebody helped me out with that route, it renewed my mind and it saved me time. There are things that believers deal with that the Word has the answer for and if they'll just renew their mind, it'll save them all the trouble they're having. But you just got to take the time to renew your mind. And notice what he said. You've got to receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save, to deliver, to rescue, to heal your soul. Hallelujah. So the moment, once I receive, and notice, I'm going to make this point throughout this, this message. Not once I hear the engrafted word. Once I receive it. I taught on this Sunday night in the Little Rock campus, and it was this. That when you look at Mark chapter 4 and you see those four different types of ground, you see the first type of ground. The, the, what we call the hard-packed soil or the hard ground. And it says they heard the word, but they never received it. It never became engrafted. It never became implanted. Well, that, that word, that seed just laid on top of the ground, and the enemy could come take it. The other two types of ground that we refer to, the, so, the stony ground and the thorny ground, understand something. Both of them received the word. 
And both of them began, one of them tried to put down roots, but the stone stopped it from getting very deep. And when persecution or trouble arose for the word's sake, they were easily plucked up. You hear me? Then the third type of ground was ground that had received the word, had put down roots, and was producing fruit. And that person allowed things into their life that choked the word. Here's my point. The first ground did not receive the word with meekness. And people will always talk about how the devil will just come steal the word. He can't just come steal the word. I have to let it go. If it, but listen, if it's just laying there on the table, well, he can just come take it. But if I receive it and allow it to be implanted in my heart, Notice what the Word says. Oh, my Lord. Notice what the Word says. It says, it has the ability to save my soul. Renew my mind. But notice what the key is. Receiving it. Receiving it. I like to watch this show, uh, and, and I don't watch the, the, the new version. Obviously, I'm, in, I'm, I'm usually in church. But uh, America's Funniest Videos. And they were showing this video, and I don't know how funny it was, but uh, it, was, it was certainly amusing. Uh, this young man had a, uh, a pet rat, uh, one of those white rats. And uh, they, they, I don't know why anyone would want a rat for a pet, but nonetheless, uh, uh, he had it in a cage, and he took it out in the backyard and uh, uh, put the cage on the table and, and uh, uh, was going to let the rat out, and the rat came out, and they put the rat on the on the top of the cage to get some, some sun, and the dad's, the dad's talking about the rat, and all of a sudden a hawk comes out of nowhere, Foom, grabs the rat, and, he, and they're gone. No more pet rat. Right? Well, that cage not only kept the rat from getting out, that, that cage would have kept the bird from getting the rat. Now think about this for a moment. That, that, that person did not want their, now, I know it's a rat, but they didn't want their pet to be eaten by a hawk. But yet they left their pet out where hawks are, and hawks are predators that prey on rats. And the hawk did not see a pet rat. The hawk did not see a friendly rat. The hawk just saw a rat. You see, you, see what I'm, you see what I'm getting at? If you just leave the word out, the enemy doesn't see a good person. The enemy doesn't see someone that wants to do right. He just sees the word that can save your soul and renew your mind. And he doesn't want that to happen, so he comes to take it. But when you receive the word, the engrafted word, the implanted word, you are not only receiving it to change your life, you are receiving the word and hiding it and securing it and making sure it can't be stolen from you. Because it's in my heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Do, do you see this? 
Oh, glory. So the word is the substance that has the power to renew my mind. But it has to be engrafted. It has to be implanted into my heart. Hallelujah. Do do, do you see that? Then in verse 22, he says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only. Notice, deceiving your own selves. Now, here's something that's so important. Because there are many believers that think the answer is simply hearing the word or hearing enough of the word. They think if if I just hear enough word, things will change. Well, here's what I need you to see. Romans 10, 17, of course, we know it by heart. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But James makes a statement here. He says, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own self. How often do I need to hear the word? As often as you can. There's no substitute for hearing the word of God, all right, because faith comes by hearing, but here's something, this is so important, faith comes by hearing, faith is applied by acting, I can hear and get faith, but if I don't do something with my faith, nothing will change. I've had people tell me, well, I know I've got faith. I don't know why things aren't changing. I know I've got faith. That's not the key. If you have faith, faith is an act. Faith is something that you do. For instance, why do you confess the word? It is the action of your faith. Hallelujah. A very simple explanation. If you're believing for family members to be saved, children, grandchildren, whoever, well, you know, because you know the principles of of having what you say, you declare the word over them. Great is the peace of my children. I will contend with them that contend with you, and I will save your children. Well, what are those words? That confession, just the words in itself, are not going to change anything. Those words contain your faith. And faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. So here's the thing. When you're confessing those words, what are you doing? You're doing the word. You're doing the word. You found the scripture where your children were concerned. Faith came to you and you started doing something with it. Hallelujah. So James says, if I just hear the word and I don't do the word, that that leads to deception. Now, how can that lead to deception? Two ways. First of all, there are believers that think, again, that if they just hear enough word, that's what's going to do the trick. 
That's deception. You need to hear the word as often as you can. But then you have to do something with what you're hearing. Secondly, the enemy works to deceive with that. Well, you, you know the word, and, and you know the word, and you've got the word on the inside of you. And what he does then is work to get people to back off and not exercise their faith. That's deception. You can quote the whole Bible, and that doesn't mean your mind is renewed. Knowing Scripture doesn't mean your mind is renewed. Doing what the Scripture says consistently is evidence that your mind is renewed. Hallelujah. Do, do you see this? If, if, if you take a, a subject in the Bible, uh, I've, I've, I've dealt with people before that were dealing with various things in their lives. And it might be a work of the flesh. It might be a sin. And I've, I've run into people before that were not aware that what they were doing was sinful. They had not been raised in church. They didn't know. They, they had never been shown from the Bible or they had never seen it on their own. Well, I've watched this over and over again. I've watched this on, on, on both sides. I've watched people that came and found out what they were doing was wrong. They saw it in the Word, and they said, it's in the Word, that it's wrong, I'm not doing it anymore. And they acted, watch, they acted on the Word they heard. I've seen people say, well, I know it's in the Bible, I see that it's in the Bible, but I don't think God's got a problem with it. Guess what? They didn't stop doing it. They didn't get victory over it. Why? Because they didn't do anything with what they heard. They were deceived in their thinking. Hallelujah. I remember one time, a young couple was sitting on the front row, and I was teaching over the offering, and they had, they had dire financial needs. Dire financial needs. And uh, uh, I know what this young man made, because he worked for our ministry. And uh, uh, I, I try to be competitive in what we pay. Uh, we can't pay as much as some. We pay more than others. But here's the thing. is I made the statement, I said to them, not to them. I mean, it was to them by the Holy Spirit. I wasn't emphasizing them. But I made the statement. I said, the only way out of your financial problem is to sow your way out. That's Scripture. Are you following me? They did not receive the engrafted word. They got upset about that. And they told me that they were mad because I said the only way out of your financial problem is to sow your way out. Well, what am I supposed to say? That that's not right? Well, what occurred with them? They stayed deceived. Did their finances get better? No. Why? They didn't receive the engrafted word of God. I remember hearing the word years ago concerning our finances. And the man of God said, you're where you're at financially 
because of what you believe. Woo! Now, I've got a choice here. What am I going to do with what the Word says? If I, if, I, if, I, if I hear the Word and I don't do it, then I'm deceiving myself. Hallelujah. So there are believers that think if they just hear enough Word, things will change. Uh, they, they think their mind is renewed just because they know so much Scripture. But mind renewal comes from hearing and doing the Word. Hearing and doing. At some point, you will have to do what you're hearing. Uh, the scripture in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 that says husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Oh, wow. Well, I can hear that in the scripture, but there's a doing of that. There's a doing of that. How, how, how did Christ love the church? He gave himself for it. How would that apply in my marriage? Uh... Maybe I just walk away from an argument. I, I take the low road. Amen. Uh, I take the initiative to be the peacemaker. I take the, the initiative to, to be the one that initiates. Love and kindness and mercy. You understand? See, if I want that scripture to renew my mind, I've got to do something with it. I've got to act on it. When, when I have an opportunity to get frustrated, when I have an opportunity to, to enter into strife, what, what do I have to do? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Scripture says, I love my wife as I'm told to love my wife as Christ loves the church. So then what do you do? How would Christ act? How, what would Christ do here? And I begin, to, I begin to act on what the Scripture says. What, what, what's happening? My mind is being renewed. My mind is being renewed. Hallelujah. And, and you know, I might as well say it while I'm here. It's okay to walk away from disagreements or arguments, whatever you want to say. I've heard people say over the years that this, that, well, we've been married 40 years and never had an argument. Somebody walked away a lot. I, somebody walked away a lot. I, I've heard preachers say, well, we've been married 40 years, never even had a disagreement. Somebody walked away. <laughs> I, I know because I've, I've ridden on too many highways with my wife. And, and I know you brethren, you've done the same thing. And they like to help. I mean help drive. Not just help tell you where to go. Help with the brakes and help, right? Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Look out, look out, they're coming over, move, watch it. Right? 
And, and you can do one of two things. My goodness, will you hush up? My Lord, I can't. Or you can just say, thank you, honey. Praise God. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for watching out. Oh, pastor, that's, that's an oversimplification. No, 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 no. It, it makes your trip a lot sweeter. Because my mind is renewed that it doesn't matter. It, it, that doesn't matter. Right? So she thinks we need to go this way instead of this way. Who's, who says I got to have my way and that my way is the best way or the right way? I'm not just right because I'm the man or I'm the husband. I might be right, but it doesn't matter if I'm right. When nobody cares who's right, you get peace. But I got to renew my mind to that. Right? I got to renew my mind to that. That's how Christ would love the church. He would give himself for it. It's important because there's a doing of it. I've heard people quote that verse and, and others like it. But then you would get with them and, and see them in pressure situations. See, here's the thing. Under pressure, the unrenewed areas of your mind show up. Under pressure, the unrenewed areas of your mind become evident. And you'll hear people say, well, you know, when they get under pressure, this is what happens. That area of their mind's not renewed. Amen. Well, you know, when, when somebody corrects them, they just feel like they're being attacked. That's an unrenewed mind. Right? If I'm going to live by the Word of God, the Word of God tells me correction is a wonderful thing because it's saving me something. And if you find yourself when you're being corrected and you feel attacked and you feel like uh, everybody's against you, that is an unrenewed mind, especially if the person who's correcting you is doing it biblically and doing it in love and doing it in a godly way. The Bible says in the book of, of Hebrews that no correction is, is pleasant, right? No, I don't know anybody, myself included, that's like, whoo, boy, today I hope I get corrected ten times. We're not jumping up and down to be corrected. We, we want to do it right. But here's what I've learned. If correction comes, take it. Receive it. Because I'm going to grow by it. Amen. Th this is important. Because that, that becomes an unrenewed area of my mind. I'll talk to believers and they'll say, well, I'll do pretty good for a while and then something will happen and this will occur. Unrenewed area of your mind. Unrenewed area of your mind. That pressure seeks out the unrenewed areas of your mind. And when enough pressure is there, if that mind is unrenewed in that area, I'll go that direction. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. When, when somebody has to be right all the time, unrenewed area of their mind, nobody's right all the time. No human being is right all the time. 
You might be right more often than not, but you're not right all the time. And i got to renew my mind to the, to the understanding that someone may have a different opinion, they have, may, may have a different viewpoint on this. I don't have to be right. Because, because that pressure will come. Let, let, let me share this. When my mind was in the process of being renewed, uh, I used to feel like if somebody uh, corrected me or questioned something I was doing, that they thought I was dumb. They thought I was stupid. And that came out of my mouth a lot. I'm not dumb. And it didn't come out nice. It came out just that way. I am not stupid. And I can't tell you how many times people said, I never said that. Well, you might as well have. See, it didn't matter what they said. My mind was unrenewed. And I heard stupid. See, what do you hear when certain things happen? If somebody says, uh, I need to meet with you about a few things, what, what do you hear? Because you process information, and the way you hear that information, it's processed differently depending upon the level of mind renewal you have. If somebody says, I need to meet with you, and you come away thinking, boy, I'm in trouble, mind renewal, because you don't know that. I mean, did the person say, I need to meet with you, and you're in trouble? No. It might be something good. Yeah, but what if, what if it's not? Well, then you'll just deal with it. But here's, here's the thing. You're processing that information dependent upon how renewed your mind is. Hallelujah. People can correct me today or question something today. I'm like, praise God. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you for showing me where I was wrong. Amen. Why? I've renewed my mind to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30. But of God are you in Christ who was made unto us, number one, wisdom. I'm a smart man. I have much wisdom. Why? Because I've meditated in the Word. And the book of Psalm 119 says, By your precepts you have made me wiser than my teachers. Now, understand what I mean by that. Why did I have to renew my mind to that? Because to lead people, there are times you're going to be wrong. And there's times you got to admit that you were wrong. And there's times that you got to admit you missed it. And you can't, you can't allow that unrenewed area of your mind to keep coming up and make you think that if, if you're wrong or you admit you're wrong, you're, you're stupid or you're dumb. That's not the purpose at all. 
any flesh and blood man or woman can miss it. We can make mistakes. We can fail. Here's the issue. When your mind is renewed, you understand that failure isn't final. You understand that just because you made a mistake don't mean you can't correct it. And you can redeem your time and God will help you do it. Because my mind is renewed. That was worth coming to church for right there. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Well, you just don't understand all I've been through in my past. Mind renewal. To what? You are a new creature. Your past may have been horrible. Your past may have been painful. But your past is that. It is your past. You have nothing but a future ahead of you. And you got to renew your mind to that. I... Uh, had a couple in the church one time, and I—I—I uh, I, I don't. I lost count of how many times they came to church and left the church. I think it was something like seven times. And uh, they would come back. This is where God wants us to be. We really need to be here. Hey, praise God! Come on, you know we 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 want to help you. And inevitably, inevitably. What would occur, this, this dear woman worked in probably every department in the church. I know that she was in children's ministry. I know she was in the greeters. I, I know she wanted to be in hospitality. There, there were so many teams that she wanted to work on. And inevitably, every team, either they had to let her go or she would quit. And it was always conflict between her and the leader. Always. I began to see something in their marriage. We'd try to talk about their marriage. There was always conflict between her and her husband. I'm not making him out to be a saint. He had his problems too. But here's something to learn. If you have a person that works on seven different teams and there's always a problem on every team, what do you, what do you gather? There's a common denominator there. Them. You follow me? Well, what was the problem? She would not renew her mind. There were times you would see the Holy Spirit move on her in church and she would just weep and she would cry and the Holy Spirit would move on her powerfully. She would shake and tremble under the power of the Holy Ghost and three days later do something that was just outrageous. Why? Because her mind wasn't renewed. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit moved on her. That doesn't mean anything in the sense of if you're not going to renew your mind. Hallelujah. There are people, they like to come to church and they like to feel the presence of God and they, they like the feeling of the anointing and the presence of the anointing, but they're not consciously renewing their mind every day. And so consequently, because they're not renewing their mind, they're not ingesting the Word, right? And then they're not doing the Word. What needed to happen in that situation? She needed to humble herself under the mighty hand of God so that he could exalt her in due season. 
the, the quickest way to be the best husband you can be is be the most humble husband you can be. The quickest way to be the best wife you can be is to be the most humble wife you can be. Why? Because the Bible says before honor is humility. So I'm, I'm renewing my mind to that. Amen. Hallelujah. This person would never renew their mind to that. So what happened? Well, their, their marriage struggled and eventually fell apart. And, and they, because you can't put two people together with unrenewed minds and keep them together because it takes the word. Hallelujah. And when people tell you, well, I'm in the word, I'm listening to the word, and, and nothing's changing, they're not doing what they're hearing. They're not acting on what they're, on what they're hearing. When you got born again, and you heard your first message on the tithe, 10%. The devourer is rebuked. The windows of heaven are open. Right? All nations of the earth. You'll be set on high above all nations of the earth. Now, what did that do? That presented you with an opportunity to act on what you're hearing. And, and for most of you, what'd you do? You began to get involved in the tithe. You found out that it worked. But the initial reason was acting on the Word of God. You had to renew your mind. Amen. James chapter 1, right there, verse 23. If any be a hearer of the Word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass. He beholds himself, goes his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. So the hearer of the Word will hear the Word and hear what the Word says they should be like, but then they take no action. And what happens then is they forget what the Word says they should look like. When it says, beholding His natural face, all right? If any be a hearer of the words like a man beholding His natural face, there's a Hebrew idiom concerning this, and it means this, his birth face, or the face he's always had. Hallelujah. You know, if I were to ask you to describe your face to me, uh, you could probably do it somewhat. Most people say, well, I, I hope I'm pretty good looking. But here's the point. If you're married and I ask you to describe your spouse's face, I hope you could tell me with great intricacy how they look. Right? Why? Because you look at them every day. You behold them every day. The color of their eyes the shape of their mouth, the shape of their nose, their ears, their jaw, their hair. You look at them every day. Amen. And unless you're just very narcissistic, you probably look at your face tops 10 minutes a day.
when you brush your teeth, shave, fix your hair, and then when you come home at night. I mean, for most people. And if you have a smudge or something on your face, generally somebody has to tell you, hey, 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 you got something on your face. Oh, then what do you do? You go look in the mirror. Why are you looking on the mirror? You want to change the way you are. Hallelujah. And so we're to hear the word and then put into action what I'm hearing. Why? Because I'll forget. I'll forget. It's not just what you hear, it's what you do. Hearing and doing go together. I heard it, I'm going to do it. I heard it, I'm going to do it. I heard it, I'm going to do it. Oh, hallelujah. I, I remember when a lot of things changed in my love walk is when I kept hearing Brother Hagin and other people say, and they would say, you need to go through 1 Corinthians 13 every day from the Amplified Bible and read it. And boy, I did. But then I got the Woos translation, and I would go through it every day. And it's heavy. I mean, it, it, it doesn't just say, you know, that, 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 that love is long-suffering. I mean, it says that love, love, love is like a long-burning candle wick, and it just burns and burns and burns. It never gives up under any condition. It, no matter the circumstances, it's fadeless in every circumstance. Now, understand what's happening here. I am beginning to take on the attributes of the Word. Because I'm not just hearing it, I'm doing it. And when I, would, when I would be tempted to be impatient, I would remember, I am a lover. I have the love of God in me. And it is patient and it is kind. And, and I listen, I can, I can take it and 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 take it because I'm a lover. You understand? I didn't forget what I'm supposed to look like. Glory to God. This is so important because my mind is being renewed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I got about 10 minutes. When, 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 when somebody just, uh, this probably doesn't apply to anybody here, but you know, they just fly off the handle. What's the problem there? They don't understand that a person that can't control his own spirit is like a city without walls. That you have no defense. And see, there are certain things that will happen that will punch the right button and that button that's punched immediately goes to that unrenewed area of their mind. And they lose it. Fly off the handle. Have a temper tantrum. Well, I was doing fine till he said this. He, somewhere what he said plugged into that unrenewed area of their mind. And when that unrenewed area of their mind had the pressure put on it, the flesh reacted according to that unrenewed area of their mind. But when the mind is renewed, that button can be punched 
but that area of the mind is renewed and that old mindset does not exist anymore. The connections are broken. They're, they're snipped. They are no longer connected. And the button is dead. Because my mind's renewed. Oh, glory. So we put into action what we're hearing. Verse 25. Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... This is the perfect law of liberty. And continues therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The Woos Bible says, who with eagerness and concentration has poured over the perfect law, the law of liberty, and continued in it, not having been a hearer who forgets, but a doer who works. This man will be spiritually prospered in his deeds. Notice what it says. Not a hearer who forgets, but a doer who works. Oh, glory. So hearing, just hearing, I can forget. But if I do what I'm hearing, I'll get it. I could stand up here all day long and tell you how to work a mathematical equation. Right? You, you name the mathematical equation. I could, I could stand up here all day and say, uh, 140, I can teach you how to, to work the problem, 145 minus 135. Now that's an easy one, right? 145 minus 135. Well, what's that going to be? 10. That's simple. Well, well, what do you got to do? I can tell you how to do it. You got the 145 minus the 135. 5 minus 5 is 0. Right? 3 minus 4. 4 minus 3 is 1. 1 minus 1 is 0. You got 10. Now that's simple. I can tell you that. You can hear that. But a good teacher will do what? Okay, now get out your pen and paper, get out your pencil and paper, and work that equation. Do it. Work the equation. What happens? By the doing, I get the understanding of how it works. And my mind becomes renewed. Hallelujah. There are people that will say, well, I don't understand numbers, and I don't understand this. Their mind's not renewed to it. Everybody's brain is capable, everybody's mind is capable of working numbers and doing what needs to be done. There may be people that are better at it than you. There may be people that really enjoy it. But they really enjoy it because their mind has been renewed on how to do it. You will never enjoy and prosper in what you don't know how to do. Living for God excites me. Living for God brings so much joy into my life. I get up every day with an expectancy of what's about to happen to Philip Steele today. Why? Because I've renewed my mind that says his mercies are new every morning. That this is the day the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Not because things are good, not because things are bad, but because that's what I do. Am I helping you? And what happens then is I begin to reflect 
what I'm hearing and doing. Oh, glory. Continue, he says he continues in it. That is to be permanent or to remain or to abide. So I've got to not only hear the word, I've got to stay in it. I've got to stay in it. A doer who works. Faith will always be accompanied by an act. Look at James chapter 2 and, and verse 17. Hallelujah. We're going to be done in just a moment. Verse 17. Even so, notice how often it says this. I want you to see this. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. A man may say, you have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there's one God, you do well, the devils believe and tremble. Will you know, O vain man, here it is again, faith without works is dead. Was not our father Abraham justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Verse 24 says, You see then how that by works a man is justified not by faith only. Verse 26, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So faith comes by hearing. Yet we said in the very beginning, Hearing is not enough. The faith we receive through hearing has to be released through doing. The Woos Bible says, A person will say, As for you, you have faith and I have works. James answers, Prove to me your actual possession of the faith you possess. You profess to possess apart from any accompanying works. And I will prove to you my actual possession of my faith by my works. Hallelujah. So he said, a person will say, well, you have faith and I have works. And James said, well, I'll prove to you the possession of faith by my works. I'm going to renew, I am going to renew my mind. You are going to renew your mind by faith. This means there's something that you and I are going to do. What is it? I am going to continue in the Word and do something with the Word every day. Every day is a faith day. Hallelujah. You, you understand this? <clears throat> And I'm going to do something every day with my body and with my mind. I, I am not the kind of person that can just go to my house and just never do anything. Now, here's what I mean by that. I'm always looking at things. When we had this, the recent snowstorm in, in Little Rock, I mean, it, it was a lot of snow for here. That, I heard somebody say, uh, uh, a person that knows, that in that one week, we received six years average worth of snow. In one week. Well, I say one week, what, four days. I, 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 I know out towards where we're at, there was like 16 inches. All right? Well, here, here's my point. It got cold, too. I mean, cold for south. 
like three degrees. That's cold. Now, I know in Kansas we were minus 13. All right, so cold is cold, but here's the point. You know, my gutters got full of ice. Well, I didn't just sit in my house and think about my gutters being full of ice. Every day I got out and walked around, looked at my gutters. Why? I don't want something to start breaking because that's a lot of weight. I, my gazebo out on my back deck, when, when, when it snowed, I, I looked at it one night before we were getting ready to go in. I saw a lot of snow on it. I thought, I, I, I got to get up there and, and move that snow off. That's too much weight. I shoveled my deck. Why? A lot of weight. I didn't just wait on something to break. If you just wait on something to break, and it breaks, there's going to be a problem. But if you're doing something every day, right? If, if, you're, if you're looking at your house every day, what can I fix? Right? And, and you see the, the paint wearing a little bit somewhere. And you go get the can of touch-up paint right away and you touch it up. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see this? You, you don't start letting the shrubberies get out of hand. Why? You're doing something every day. Yeah, but that takes time. I know. I know. But when you look at somebody's yard, and you look at their shrubberies perfectly trimmed, and you look at their grass and there's no weeds, and you look at their uh, flower beds and they're mulched and they're nice, and things are growing, and everything looks in order, that didn't just happen. Somebody got up that morning and did something. When you look at a believer, somebody that you respect, somebody that you, that you honor, and you look at their life, and it seems like they got everything together, and boy, they got a good marriage, and boy, they got a good family, and boy, they, they, you know, their finances are in order, and they're believing God, and their body's healed, and look how prosperous they are. That didn't just happen. Somebody did something. Got up every day and renewed their mind. Because I become what I meditate on, and I become what I act on. There's no way around that. There's no way around that. I remember saying this to my wife, and I'll close with this. I remember saying things similar to this. When we first got married, Lord, some of the places we lived in. Uh, we, 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 we lived in a couple nice places, but uh, they, they, they were usually uh, leases that somebody else had and didn't want anymore, so we took them over. We lived in some rough places. It was the best we could do. But I remember saying things like this to her. If you'll stick with me, and we stick with the word, we won't live here all the time. Some of the cars we drove, you stick with me, the word's renewing our mind, and we won't be driving these cars. Well, do I need to tell you we don't, we don't, live in them places anymore we don't drive those cars anymore and that's not just the natural progression of things getting better every time I get in my car I'm cognizant that the word produced it 
when I walk in the doors of my home, both of my homes, two homes, and God pays for both of them. When I walk through the doors of my homes, I'm cognizant God did this, the Word did this. Hallelujah. Because we worked the Word, we renewed our mind and did something with the Word. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you tonight. Thank you that the Word of God is working right now in our lives. I thank you that our minds are being renewed, that what we're hearing, we're putting into operation. And we're not just hearing the Word, we're doing the Word. And Father, I thank you for it. In the name of Jesus, amen.